Hello, I'm John Elliott and welcome to Spot On, the podcast that talks to people involved in business and public life about ideas to help Britain win. My background is manufacturing. I love making things and I'm always looking for ideas, policies, products and services that make this country a better place. That means they are spot on. Today, I'm talking to Michelle Cooper, MBE, Chief Executive of the County Durham Community Foundation, an independent grant-making charity. It promotes lasting charitable giving by bringing together donors with their chosen causes through well-targeted grants and making a genuine difference to the lives of the local community. Michelle recently visited Windsor Castle to be presented with the MBE by the now King Charles III. She's awarded the honour for her outstanding contribution to the community effort through the pandemic. Like me, you've had the pleasure of receiving an honour. What are your recollections of that day? Uh, hi, John. Um, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, I dreaded the day when I first uh, kind of got awarded the MBE and then when the day actually happened, it was special. Um, my daughter was able to come with me, which was wonderful. Um, thanks to COVID, we had to make choices of, of family members because only one person was actually allowed. Oh, actually, when, when I was there, we, we allowed two. Yeah, oh, three, no, actually, three. three. Yes, yeah, several people have said that. So uh, I couldn't offend either parent. Husband was thankfully working and my daughter was able to come along, which made it really special. She's only 12. So to be able to have that experience um, just made it wonderful a moment. Um, I think what was... For me, you met lots of people who were equally embarrassed at having received the award. Uh, they felt they were doing their job um, to be nominated, to be recognised. It was like, well, why us? But when we'd all come out after meeting King Charles now, as it is, you were just made to feel, made to feel so special. Um, everyone was treated like an individual. Um, and I think we all forgot our inhibitions about why we should have been given the award and, and just really really enjoyed it it was special really special yeah i think it is a special day actually yeah certainly uh, um, when i got mine actually i reckon it was a mistake yeah yeah uh, <laughs> i'm never quite sure what the mistake was yeah um but i think it was, i got for the wrong on the wrong uh, <laughs> sheet um yeah but it's still very nice to have isn't it it, it is and, and for me in particular i'm not a person that wants recognition individually um i did consider not accepting it really? i have to say i did yes yes because i it's not about me, um, but I had to step back and I had to recognise that this was a recognition of my team's work during the pandemic, not just mine. Um, it, it was for the community groups that had worked so hard to help so many people. You know, what people did from that March 2020 and are still doing actually now through the cost of living crisis, it's the same people stepping up. So it, it was a it was a Group recognition. Um, what do you think? You mentioned something there which I found an interesting term. Yeah. The cost of living crisis. Yeah. Because I don't think it's a crisis, actually. Right. I think it's an inconvenience. I think Ukraine's a crisis. Yeah. And Syria and Yemeni, etc. Yeah. Yeah. I think we've got an inconvenience where we may have to wear a jumper than turning the heating up. I, I, it, it's a difficult one because there's lots of terminology being thrown around. I think the press is, is sometimes exacerbating. Uh, uh, exaggerating, yeah. It what, it, what they say isn't what yeah. I see around people. I, I would counter that in that what we are seeing with community groups, and it is, you know, the North East has always struggled. They're, they're amazing people and, and there's pride in the area and people do want to look after themselves. But we are hearing of some really difficult stories coming through to our group where money is required to try and help those individuals, to help the charities. So, you know, charities are 
getting a reduction in donations, both food and cash. Their costs are going up. We're all suffering from the recruitment challenges, yet the demand on their services are going up and up and up. And, of course, there are always genuine cases, aren't there? Yeah, yeah. But there are people who... There is... I feel... Right. There is... In the UK, there's an increasing expectation rather than ever, ever an entitlement, rather than obligation to provide for yourself. Now, of course, there are some really genuine cases... I think a lot of people look the system. Is that a unreasonable comment to make? I, I, I'm going to let it be your comment. Um, and I think, you know, all I can talk of uh, as one who is in a privileged position and can afford to put the extra jumpers on because I can buy them and I can put that heating up, um, I, I'm okay. But all I can talk about really is the genuine, the genuine cases that we're seeing coming through the Community Foundation and the asks that are being made of us and... Uh, what we're trying to do. So, you know, and, and actually... Look, I'm sure it's good intentions, you see. Your intentions are fantastic. Yeah. But are they exploited by other people? And sometimes, is tough, lead, tough love more essential than kindness? <laughs> yeah. Do you know, I was warned that you'd, uh, you'd take me in different directions, so I didn't think we'd go this far this fast, though. Um, again, there's tough love and, and I'm kind of a resilient character and I was brought up to be so. Um, I personally have gone through lots of issues in the last 18 months or so and, and my personality has seen me through a lot of that. But again, I think through the work that I've seen, um, everyone is different. Absolutely. It, it's hard to have... That's why you can't generalise. You totally can't agree with that. generalise. I accept yeah. there are really a lot of genuine cases. Yeah. But I do feel they're a minority. Again, you and I don't always have the right data to hand, do true, we? So, very true, I you know, that. Um, well, I look around at people <laughs> around me, you know, and, and I just talk to them and listen to them. Yeah. And they don't, they're not saying the biggest concern to them is not the cost of fuel. Yes, they, they think yeah. it's too high. Yeah. Uh, and if you look at the figures, actually, the consumption of fuel has gone down by 4%. It's gone down a lot recently, hasn't but it? Yeah. The consumption has gone down by 4% yeah. year on year. Yeah. Um, it, and another thing seems to me, one of the biggest problems in our economy is that we can't get workers to deliver goods. Um, so th I assume from that, you don't need to earn any more money. <laughs> That's the only assumption I can make. There are jobs everywhere at all kinds of levels, part-time, yep. um, and yet people don't want to work them. So I can only assume they don't need the money. So again, I think COVID has had an interesting impact on desire to work and and how people want to work and we certainly see this in in a more flexible workplace um people wanting to do part-time as an employer we're trying to respect that and and i've got a fantastic team at the minute that absolutely gives me everything and i can't ask for more um on the flip side of that we as a community foundation actually run a, a skills program which is trying to help people who are really far away from the workplace to actually get into work and as part of my job, I actually read the, the reports that we get back, the forms that are being filled in by those individuals. And I'm shocked every single time I do this because the quality of the writing, the complex lives that these people are living, I don't think you or I can ever relate to that or ever understand that. And, and these are hundreds of people we're helping. More particularly, we're getting the money to the groups to help those individuals. And you just realise actually getting into any job, which was your point, you know, high level, low level, any job is actually really hard for some people. And then 
you've got the transport situation for a lot of people. They just don't own cars to get to those jobs and the buses just don't connect and they don't have the cash to take those uh, bus but, trips. But people are more resourceful than you think, you know. They, they are and All we see us. that. All of us, yeah. Even people, even, <laughs> it's amazing, people with real handicaps. Yeah. Make the effort and, and haven't got the belief that I've got an entitlement. Yeah. I've got an obligation. Yeah, I, 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 again, we see that positivity in a lot of work, um, you know, just to explain what the Community Foundation does, you know, we don't have a particular cause that we support, we don't have a particular place we support other than County Durham and the Darlington area, and we do some work across the Tees Va- wider Tees Valley. Um, but, you know, we Actually, support... what is the border? Is it the old County Durham or not? Oh, do you know what? We've got every border going. It's oh, one of our challenges. So which well, one you want <laughs> at the time, yes. <laughs> so, so, I mean, what how it happens is, is people place money with us. That can be individuals or businesses. Um, we also work with the NHS sometimes, so they've got their own boundaries, which don't always align with political ones. Um, some of the funds we actually have are quite old. They've come from historical funds and they cover the Tweed to the Tees area of the very old County Durham. Um, we've got those that are much more of the old political boundaries as well. So, um, And then we also have High Sheriff, which covers Hartlepool and some part of Stockton. So you name it, we cover it. Um, uh, We do a lot of work in Tees Valley when there are more national funds that come through to us and that allows us to get into and help communities in Redcar, Middlesbrough and the... So it's more important to help people than worry about borders. Uh, that's our remit. Yeah. You know, we go where we follow the need and we try and secure the funds that can help the groups in the that area, those areas of need. But sometimes yeah. helping people who are not badly off but need help to fulfil their potential. Yeah. Uh, that's something personally um, I believe is very important, actually, uh, to t- allow people to fulfil their potential. Absolutely. There's nothing more satisfying. Absolutely. So and that um, needs money sometimes. It does indeed. And, and yeah, so... We have just been doing a lot of thinking, as many companies have, post-COVID. Um, our, our remit now, as we see it, is fighting poverty, whether you believe in poverty or not, John. It's all relative, isn't it? <laughs> it's all relative. I'll, 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 let me call you fact on poverty. <laughs> Go on. There are 600 million people in the yeah. world living on less than $2 a day. Absolutely. That is poverty. Yeah. Not no. an inconvenience. Yeah. Not can I get Sky TV or not. Yeah. It's actually, that is, re- and that we should address. And we could solve it tomorrow, you know, as a, as a, as a world. Yeah. If we had the desire to do it, it could be solved at a stroke. Uh, absolutely, but a lot of things could be solved tomorrow if we had the desire and the will and, and well, the way, well, I think it? the yeah. desire's there, actually. I think yeah. the, 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 the mechanisms aren't there. Yeah. The institutions of yeah. politics are too rigid. If we take the will, the way, the politics out of it, fighting poverty, enriching lives is our purpose at this point in time. Um and we as an organisation should always remain relevant and flexible, so that could change in a few years. But the enriching lives is really important to us um, because it is fair to say we do work with uh, donors such as yourself who kindly give to the to the community foundation. And what's very important to you is helping people who, who may have barriers to actually enriching their lives, achieving their potential. Thanks to your support and many others that we have, we can actually work with those individuals and help them achieve amazing things, which actually is often a stepping stone to going on and achieving greater things, giving them that confidence to do something. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I believe. It's, it's making it possible for them. Yeah. It's not making it easier. No. It's making it possible. That's my yeah. criteria. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that when we first met, that was a, a phrase you used, and I think it's a really powerful phrase. Do you believe it's possible to eradicate poverty? No, I don't. 
Why um, not? <laughs> is it only money? No, it's not money. There, there is an element of will. Um, there is a system and a society that needs to change. It's a whole systems change, if you like. You can't. I don't think you can change one bit. I don't think you can change. I don't think chucking money at it solves the problem either. But it's essential, but not. Not everything, is it? It plays a part, but I think it needs people. Uh, it needs that desire. And I think, you know, um, I, I don't know, maybe the, the COVID vaccine is an example of something, isn't it? That everyone could have had this vaccine, but the whole world didn't play the game of helping everyone get that vaccine. It's amazing how many um, people think the vaccine didn't work, actually, or was irrelevant. Uh, ab- absolutely, yeah, yeah. And yet the evidence is overwhelming, isn't it? That it saved lives. It is to me. I mean, my background, if anyone doesn't know it, you know, I'm, I'm a doctor of biochemistry. So um, it's an, actually an area that I, I feel passionate about. Science is all in the oh, evidence. So you're a bit biased then. But I'm totally biased, but I, but I do the data, you know. But the evidence is clear, isn't it? <laughs> I, again, study, I think so, Once yeah. vaccination worked through, the death rate went down. That wasn't yeah. a coincidence, was it? No, and, and I, what I find really sad, you know, I'm, I'm probably one of those generations that did have the smallpox and all those childhood vaccinations and... You know, to hear that polio is coming back, yeah. um, to hear that chickenpox is, is causing the devastation that it is in, in people's lives. Pneumonia, I said to my husband the other day, you know, these diseases that we had largely eradicated through behaviour and, and science, it's really quite sad to see it coming back due to, sadly, some people just just having their views and everyone's entitled to a view. I respect that. But um, for that reason... Probably, you know, people. people it's going to be hard to eradicate poverty. Are people poverty. entitled to views that are wrong? Are they entitled to that? To have a wrong view? Oh, we're going into really political territory <laughs> No, here, not political. No, 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 please. <laughs> Let's keep politics out of it. Let's keep it reasonably sensible and use some common sense. Do you, do you know, so, so I think my personal view is everyone is entitled to an opinion, but I think what we've lost is the ability to debate those opinions. Uh, and, you know, you're either right or you're wrong, it feels these well, days. Well, divisive now, isn't it? I think. Yeah, yeah. And I, I personally struggle in that environment. You know, it, it's uh, um, I, uh, it was some challenging times during the pandemic where dis- tough decisions had to be made. And then you call to account for them and you're doing the right thing and the right way at the right time. And you're trying to help people and then to be told you're not doing it quite right or you haven't addressed this issue is, is quite challenging. So the lack of debate um, is what saddens me, in but, a sense. Or respect for other views. Ah, I think that's more important, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's very difficult to change someone's mind, you know, because we can all pick the information that suits our bias. So we're, all, we're all biased. Yeah, you've just we, accused me of that by having a seven-year education and becoming a biochemist, yeah. It's, 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 <laughs> it's, it's not a negative thing. It, yeah. It's just a fact, isn't it? Yeah. We're all biased. Yeah. Um, and we've got to deal with that. I, and I actually personally find a meeting I go into where I come up with a different view has been a positive. Yeah. I don't see it as negative at all. No. Because um, I've got something wrong. Yeah, uh, and try and keep an open mind, but we are nevertheless all of us are biased, yeah. and we try and pick the information that proves our point and Absolutely. ignore the stuff that doesn't. Yeah, no, no, it, it, it's human bias. So um, you know, and, and again, I think for that reason, um, to answer the question, do I think charities poverty will ever not? You know, poverty will always be an issue. Charities will always be needed, and sadly, people will always be at the heart of those challenges. I actually took part in. Secret Million Air Programme, right. in 2005, actually. Very good. It was the very first one they shot and the second one they showed. And it was I did went to Liverpool for 11 days. Right. And the backstory was that I was um, um, an unemployed um, 
rural uh, agricultural worker, yeah. living on benefits. And they kept me to that by taking any credit cards away from us. Yeah. And they gave me £11 a day to live on. That was for food and heating. Yeah. And it was November. And I brought half of it back. Right. <laughs> and I, I found that quite amazing as well. He never mentioned that, actually. because yeah. and I, 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 I learned fairly soon because I don't do the shopping generally. Yeah. And I, the first day I went out and I bought £15 worth of stuff. Yeah. And I still had it three days later. Yeah. And I, I calculated. This really irritates Margaret when I give her this calculation or then it was. <laughs> when we were not the same now. It was one pound for a breakfast that was bacon, eggs, yeah. beans, toast and coffee. One pound. And lunchtime, I got something I'd never had for a long time, which was sandwich spread. So I had sandwiches. Yeah, yeah. The crew went off to the Hilton for their lunch. <laughs> I went back to the flat that I was living in and had these sandwiches. Yeah. And in the evening, it was either chicken, uh, chicken leg with frozen vegetables. So it is quite... Now, I'm not saying we should live like that either. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's yeah. surprising how much we can get by on if we have to. Yeah. But I think in the, this, our economy at the current time is in a mess. We, yeah, we all yeah. collectively consume more than we produce. Yeah. And we get by by borrowing or printing money, which has got to be the wrong solution, hasn't it? Yeah. But so po the politicians, politicians seem don't want to give bad news. Yeah. It's, so and we so can handle <laughs> bad news. So I'm going to focus on the um, we can all get by if we wanted to. So because, again, I, I'm going to park the politics today. And um, you did 11 days. You know, some of the uh, some of the groups that we support are working with people who have been in that position for eleven years. We'll say. Absolutely, I agree. Look, I wouldn't. I'm not saying it's a good thing. Yeah, I'm saying what's possible. And, and and what's possible? So you know, I got a shock the other day. I was with a colleague, and and they said, "Oh, ninety percent of the houses in my village are rented properties, private rented properties." And um, what does that mean? It means most of them are probably not well insulated, poor heating, damp. You keep trying to live in those situations. Again, you and I can go and pay for the improvements in our houses, and that's great. I c I'm sophisticated enough and got the technology. I keep playing with my tariffs on my electricity and things like that. But if you have spent 11 years living in a damp house, you put your pound in the meter and it, it's gone because that's just the standing charges now then I think it would wear you down and I think you get fed up of sandwich spread and I think you get fed up of the lack of dignity. But what's the solution? Uh, Is, uh, uh, can people... I'm talking about able-bodied people here. Yeah, mind. yeah. What, what's reasonable to work and earn? You know, we've got to work more hours, haven't we? All of us have got to consume less and work a bit harder to get the, our economy better. So I agree with that. So you then got the challenge. And again, there are absolutely people that fit your your stereotype that you're describing and I'm not here to defend them uh, I'm not here to defend anyone to be perfectly honest with you all I can talk about is what we see and some of the families we're supporting can't actually work anymore they're already doing four jobs on terrible quality of pay well, and so what I think we some, need can is you give me some figures on that then so we've got people doing four jobs so they're working 60 hours a week and some, yeah, and they've got 70, children that they're trying to get to, to work and 70, help with. 70 hours a week. What's that on the minimum wage? £700? They're not getting the minimum wage, a lot of them. This is one of the challenges. Oh, well, they're doing jobs. The exactly. There are jobs desperate today. Desperate times sometimes call for there, desperate there are, measures. There are jobs today you can get on the minimum living wage, driving jobs everywhere. Yep. You know, so, and there's some people can't do those things, I accept. Yeah. But I think a lot of people could, 
And I don't see, I don't think many people work more than 40 hours a week. Well, maybe that's right or not. But you can, if you're only working a short amount of time, you, you can't complain if you haven't got enough money. Agree if you want me to agree to that. Oh, again, no, you do all agree to I'm, Please disagree with it. <laughs> I'm very happy to disagree with it. But again, you know, I, I work damn hard. That's all I can say. I earn a good salary. I enjoy that. I'm privileged to do the job that I do. I appreciate that there are some people just struggling. And those are the people that I want to make sure that County Durham Community Foundation is here for both today and in the long term to try and help those people. Because how do we get out of it? What we get back are amazing stories of people who are genuinely struggling. It's the making the possible. And for some people, it's that first step of walking through a food bank. Actually, then somebody supports them. They actually then take some steps in terms of resolving some of the issues that are just wearing them down. And that takes time. And that takes time. And effort and, and support. Yeah, and it's finding, and it's then that positive journey that we get back from people who have moved on, yeah. who are no longer users of that food bank. They're now supporters of it, and they've got their act together. Whatever you want to define that act Michelle, is. that's spot on. That's what you know, we want to try and do. That's spot on. Uh, but, we, yeah. but we need more of that, don't we? How can we do more of that? Get uh, people to fulfil their potential. So... What's really interesting for me, I'm going to give you a little example, and this is slightly maybe contentious and maybe I shouldn't say it, I don't know. We Again, the, the Back to Work programme that we run, the whole concept of it is is you work with charities who are embedded in the community and, and know the people they can help. So one group we supported, they did a fantastic job, got through, the, through their clients, got them some great progress. We gave them some more money to do the same again. What's happened? There's a government-funded program. They're now working with a private sector person. As soon as you go into the job centre, they get referred to the private sector supplier. The charity can't deliver the work anymore. Yet we worry that the people that are being helped by this private sector, they're not understood. They don't know where they're from. They don't know the challenges. Michelle, it's and more where's than, it going to go? You know, it's where's more than money, isn't it? That's it's where you're, more than money, yeah, exactly. It's it, that local support, that those local people that actually, when you don't turn up one day, they will go and knock on your door and say, are you okay? Can yeah. we help you? Come on, let's, let's see yeah. what we can do. It's that support. It's not a private sector business being paid a government contract to, to tick boxes. So, so what we need is a change in the way we deal with that, don't we? A fundamental change. Because we could do it, couldn't we, if we had the mechanism to do it? I, I think so. Well, I'm sure. I this think could so. be so much better off I with better so. management. You just need to find better politicians. <laughs> so maybe that brings me on to the last question. Yeah. If you were Prime Minister for a day, yep. what one thing would you do? Yeah, is this where I confess? I knew this question was coming and I still haven't come up with a good answer for it um, several days later. Oh, do you know, I... I, I think treating, looking at those people who are not feeding themselves well enough for whatever reason, dealing with that, because it isn't just money, is it? That, uh, it isn't. I mean, if, if, But if that was accepted first, wouldn't that be a good start? It, it would be, you know. So um, I think people, treating people as people would be nice rather than treating them as a, as a fiscal responsibility, maybe, yeah. and, and money or comes a number. For, or yeah. a number. We're all different. Absolutely. Um, I think one of the things that I see a lot, and, and I've experienced this personally, 
um, because of health issues that I had, as I said, and I see it in with the charities that we help. All of the different systems operate in silo. And there's no connection. And you, you just look, personally, I look to Manchester and the greater Manchester area. And I don't know if it's working, but you just think there must be some sense in connecting healthcare and social care. Because some of the projects that we're working on are actually trying to help people access hospital care, but they can't because of the lack of social care. And vice versa, people are not being released from hospital unless the charities can go there and pick them up and make sure they've got a bag of food, the house is warm. So we've got charities are stepping in to where actually the system should be working, but you need the silos to be broken down. And computers can't deal with that, you and see. And computers can't deal can't with that. Can't deal with no. that, that, that no. individual no. approach, which is something you can't quite define, can you? No, and, and whether you, you know, people have different views on universal credit, for example, but one of the biggest problems is you're paid in arrears. So people are getting into debt before they've even gone anywhere. That would be a really simple change to make. Increase universal it's not even, you know, I'm, I'm not going to argue for an increase or a decrease, um, but just have the decency to pay people if they need money. Don't offer them a loan until it comes through because you're on a spiral of... Or, or a result of ticking the right box. Or as a result... A of bit of common sense. Oh, don't even take me there. <laughs> well, thank you, Michelle, for your time today. And clearly you're very, very passionate about these things and that comes across very well. And thank you for listening to this edition of Spot On Podcast. Like and subscribe to keep in touch with future editions coming your way soon.